Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stories with Sarah. This is our very first episode, and I'm so excited for the guests that we're going to have on today. I know that everybody's going to be tremendously blessed from this story, and I'm so excited that you guys are getting to hear it. And without further ado, let's welcome Ashley Crum to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to come on today. Absolutely. I feel extremely honored that I was asked to do this. So I'm excited to be with you guys. Yes. And so just so you guys know how this kind of all came to be, um, I, as you heard kind of in our intro episode, I was just ready to jump the gun and create a podcast. And I didn't really know who I wanted my first guest to be. And, you know, I was looking on Instagram came across some of Ashley's posts and we've known each other for a couple of years and um, was like, you know, she's posting a lot of these like inspirational uh, posts about her journey and just all these things that she's trying to accomplish in her life. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to reach out to her and see what happens, see if, you know, she's even interested in coming on. And so I sent her this message, you know, I was just like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. You want to be a part of it. And it was so crazy because uh, where Ashley is in her life and where I'm at in my life, both of those kind of just collided with each other. And, you know, I'm super passionate about people sharing their stories and Ashley is like ready to share her story. And so it all kind of seamlessly worked out um, at the perfect time. And right. so, so Ashley, what did you feel like whenever I sent that message to you? Um, I can honestly say it was, um, a God moment for me. And some people may not understand that, but it's something I've been praying for God, you know, to open the door for me to have the opportunity to share this story and get the word out there that I'm ready to share this story. So I'm not used to getting a lot of direct messages on Instagram. <laughs> and so when I got it and I, I got to read in what you had to say, I was like, holy wow, like this is incredible and so exciting. Um, and I was really hopeful that it wouldn't be something that, you know, we just mentioned in passing. So to be here right now and know that this is really happening is <laughs> unbelievably exciting for me because I didn't want this to, um, I guess, pass me by. Yeah. So it was it was extreme and total excitement and um, I'm pumped that it's you that I get to do <laughs> this with. I've always felt like we connected anyways, but um, to get to do this, it's, it's a honor and a privilege and I'm super excited to start getting the word out for sure. Yeah. And I think it's crazy too, because it's been, you know, a few years since we've even spoken to each right. other <laughs> and, you know, just of course, you know, we're friends on Facebook and Instagram and all that, but, yeah. You know, the, there's just something so, so personal when it comes to sharing your story. And, you know, my, my whole goal with, with this whole podcast is to just give people who are ready, you know, a, a safe place to come on and do that. And I know that for you, it's probably been a really long journey to get to the point of where you're like, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's, you know, it's my time to come on mm -hmm. and tell the world my life story? Like, how did you get to the point now where, you know, you said you're ready? How did you get to being ready? Well, it's actually, it wasn't just one moment. It wasn't mm -hmm. just one, you know, day that it just like occurred to me like, oh, I think I'm ready for this. There have been several moments in my life that I thought I was ready. And I quickly found out how not ready I actually was to tell this story. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been several moments throughout my life that have um, been healing moments. Mm -hmm. And shockingly enough, I feel like my final healing moment um, was maybe a week or two ago when I experienced something I had never experienced before that I would love to share with you guys if we get to that. But mm -hmm. It's really been several moments over the course of my life of healing, um, and it's been absolutely God first and foremost. 
um, in the process of all with me in all of these moments. Um, but it's been a, a series of several moments, several moments with God, several moments in the midst of exercise, several moments with therapists. Um, it's been a long journey of healing, but I do feel like that final moment was very recently <laughs> that pushed me to where I'm at now that, you know, made me just feel like, okay, I've got to talk. I've got to get this out there. I've got to get it off my chest because if I don't, who will? And there are so many people out there hurting that I feel like need to hear this story. And I feel like now is the time. Yeah, that's so incredible. And, you know, what what I hear from that is that, and, and maybe this isn't the case with you, but with me, I feel like whenever I, I'm going through a hard season, like I just want to push past it. Mm -hmm. Like I am just like ready to be on the other side. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to go through this anymore. Like I just like Jesus, like get me through, like, let me wake up and be, let it be over. Right. And I feel like, you know, what you're saying is exactly what is the truth is that, you know, God is very, you know, he can heal very quickly, but I feel like when it's a matter of like healing, like the scars of your heart or, you know, deep wounds that it's such a a long process just because you have to kind of go through the trenches yeah like really like dig into every piece of you know your own trauma your own story in order to really say like you know I'm I'm completely healed you know while I will still struggle but like you know I can truly say that I'm healed yeah and many times I feel like for me personally, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, you try to rush the process of healing yes. because hurt is not fun. Right. Uh, it's it's quite miserable, actually, <laughs> if we're being yeah. honest, you know. I mean, it just sucks. Let, let's be yeah. real. But yeah. um, there is so much growth that occurs in those mm-hmm. those moments that you're healing. And I can look back at all of those moments and truthfully say, I would not be even close to where I'm at today if I had not just trusted God's process and let me let him heal me in his timing. You know, when I tried to rush it, it just, it wasn't right. And I ended up hurting even more and Mm -hmm. I'm thankful. It all just kind of falls apart. Exactly. So um, it's definitely important that whatever someone's going through, whatever you're facing, that you trust his process and you let him heal you in his timing, because as the saying goes, and it stands true, his timing is perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's kind of too, like what you were saying about being ready, you know, it's like, you kind of peel back this layer Mm -hmm. and then that layer gets healed and you're like, okay, I'm ready. And then God reveals like, wait, there's more layers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then you're like, oh, okay. We're not, we're, we're still going through this. Yeah. And, you know, I have, um, I have this necklace that I wear. I have two, but this one that I'm talking about right now, one of them says, um, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And for myself, you know, cause I just, like I said, I want to be to the other side, but it's like, God is just calling me to, you know, show up and take it one day at a time. And it's like, you know, if I can just put one foot in front of the other, like eventually as time goes on, I'll be at the top of the mountain. Right. But it's like, I can't, I can't view the destination, you know, that's ahead of me. All I can do is just put my head down and focus on the moment that he's given me right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's dig into your story. Okay. Um, Yeah. However you want to start it off. Well, um, I will just to give you a kind of where I've been recently. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I do a lot of reading, I'm super into self-help. I'm not really big into um, just fiction. Um, mm-hmm. I want something that's going to change me, something that's going to make me better, something that's going to help me grow. And so I've really made it a point to read things like that and um, look for healing in in any way, any shape, any form that I can. Mm-hmm. And I've been just letting words from books that I've read just resonate with me. And, you know, I've got my girl power playlist (laughs) that I listen to, you know, that gets me pumped up, gets me going. And I was listening to it at the gym uh, about two weeks ago. 
And I was on this treadmill and in front of me was a mirror and I saw myself running. And the book that I had been reading had um, made mention to never break a promise to yourself. And I had promised myself that I was going to run three miles, like without stopping. <laughs> I was, n- I was not going to run a mile and then walk a mile. I was running three miles. <laughs> so I kept getting closer and closer to that three miles three mile marker. And, you know, the longer I ran, the harder I pushed, the, the more my body hurt, the, the hotter I was, you know, I'm drenched in sweat. My knees are starting to hurt at this time. Like my legs, I'm getting that terrible cramp in my side, you know, that happens Mm -hmm. when you drink Coke and stuff. Um, (laughs) So I'm running. And I also, from this book I was reading, it said to a good, a good way of therapy is to Think about the worst moment of your life, the thing that hurt you the most for five minutes of your day. And so I decided what better time than while I'm running and I'm already completely miserable. Let me make myself more miserable by thinking about the worst (laughs) moment of my life. So I start thinking about this moment, this moment that almost killed me, this moment that I thought you know, had ruined my life and my future. And I looked at myself in that mirror and what I saw was a girl physically fighting to finish a race that she had tried to fight emotionally for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And when I saw myself in the mirror and I saw how red I was, my hair was drenched my neck was beat red, you know, there's face rolling off of my forehead. And I was like, this is how hard that battle was emotionally, mm-hmm. but I made it like, yeah, it did not kill me. I made it. And I just kept pushing and I made it to that, um, that three miles and I stopped and I was on the treadmill and I stopped and my friend was with me, Lex and, she just looked at me and she's like, you did it. And I just said, I think I'm about to cry. And (laughs) she was like, okay, well, I mean, you did a good job. So if that's what you want to do. And I had a full on cry fest, like couldn't breathe crying in there because something in that moment happened to me that had never happened before. I feel like that was the moment, the moment that I thought, and I saw myself, like I finished that race. I finished that fight and I won it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what everybody needs to know before you hear all of the negative, all of the sadness, all of the doubt and worry and fear that I faced, that there was complete healing Mm -hmm. first and foremost. So that was my healing. And, um, Sarah, if there's anything you want to say, interject. Don't let me yeah. talk I'm just, too much. That, that, I, might, I might cry right now. <laughs> I don't want to, like, like take over. No, but. that was just – that was beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. Like, you just keep going because that was awesome. But um, in that, it with that, the main thing, a lot of people can relate to a lot of things they may not want to say out loud that I've been through. Um, I've mentioned – on my Facebook or my Instagram or people that may know me, I was born with um, a heart condition. When I was probably three months old, my grandmother was holding me and she was rocking me. And uh, she all of a sudden looked down and I was blue. And she noticed that I was not breathing. And come to find out my heart was too big. Literally, it was too large for my body. It worked too hard. And so that led me to wear a heart monitor for six years of my life. And um, I didn't understand that at the time. You know, my my parents knew that this was a serious condition, but I had no idea what was really going on with me. Looking back, it's all just part of the story. It's part of God's, you know, plan for me, his purpose for me. He had a plan even then, and that's why he kept me. Yeah. Um, Then you move on. You know, I'm five years old and um, my dad and my mom split up. And anybody that comes from a divorced home knows that it is 
it's common, but it's still one of the hardest things today that anyone can face. Um, Coming from a divorced home, coming from parents that are split up and being torn between who gets who for the holidays. You know, what do I spend my birthday with my mom? Do I spend my birthday with my dad? Um, Mm -hmm. I spent Thanksgiving with you. So does that mean I spend Christmas with you? Um, It's hard. It's very very confusing for a child. It's very confusing. And I struggled for years because I wanted to know what it was like to walk in, you know, in my mind, this is how real life looked. So um, (laughs) I don't really know what it looked like. But in my mind, I would get off the school bus, I would walk in my house, and my dad would be sitting in the recliner, reading the newspaper, and my mom would be cooking supper. And my sister would be sitting in here, and we would sit at the table, and we would have family dinner, and all get showers and have family time and cuddle up, watch a movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the life, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I struggled with that because that is not what my life looked like at mm-hmm. all. Um, there was a lot of moving involved, moving from, we lived in Texas, we lived in Louisiana, we lived in Mississippi, and we lived in between those states more than two times each. I mean, mm-hmm. we were all over the place. So I'm already confused. I'm already lost. I'm already having a hard time with the fact that my parents are split up. And um, my mom really struggled with her divorce. And she dealt with um, the divorce from my dad in a way where, honestly, she just slept a lot. Mm. She wasn't present a lot um, in, in the beginning. She was sad. And... I can't blame her for that, you know? Right. Um, But she did end up meeting someone and she got married and we felt like that was the answer to prayer. She was marrying a man who was, um, his family was in ministry. Um, His dad pastored a church. We were going to move to Texas. We were going to be a part of this church. My mom was going to have a husband. I was getting a stepdad, which was terrifying because there was going to be a man in the house. But it was also super exciting, you know. And as nervous as I was about it, I was actually really excited to get to live in Texas because everybody thinks Texas is cool. I mean, like, (laughs) right? Like, I'm going to be a Texas girl. Yeah. So a super pumped. I'm in fourth grade at this point. And we get the news, you know, we're moving, mom's getting married, da 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 da. Crazy, crazy little insert here. My mom gets married to my stepdad, and my dad gets married to my stepmom on the same exact day. Weird or what? Oh my gosh. I know. That is so weird. (laughs) Same day, same year, same everything. So we ended up choosing, and we went to um, my mom's ceremony, and my dad just had something small. We weren't there. But Anyways, we think that we are on the right road. We are getting in with the right family, moving in the right direction. Once again, this is one of those moments that, you know, we were thinking life's been a little bumpy, but this is the healing. Like, little did we know this was the beginning of what we would have to be healed from. Mm. So... I am, we've probably been in Texas for about a year and, um, we're really close to the family and I'm 11 years old at this point and we go on a trip with our aunt and uncle, me and my two stepsisters. We go to the beach for the day, had a great time, wonderful, loved them. We were super close to them and we come home that night and, the two girls, my stepsisters, were spending the night with my aunt and uncle. And uh, I called my mom and I was like, hey, the girls are spending the night. Can I spend the night? And she said, no, I really don't feel good about that. And I was like, please, you know how kids do. It's like, mom, but I yeah. want to. You know? <laughs> and finally, she was like, okay, Ashley, you can stay, but you know, you have to be at church in the morning. And I was like, well, we're all going to church. They'll bring me. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
we stayed and that was the night that altered my life forever. Um, is a moment that I have not until this point been willing to relive and retalk, like, you know, talk about and, yeah. and get it out there. But um, my uncle sexually abused me that night. And it was a moment I will never forget. And it was full of fear. And mm-hmm. there were moments um, I can honestly say I – you don't realize as a child the things that your mind will think. But I remember in those moments, I thought, am I being checked for breast cancer right now? Um, am I being, am I getting a physical like exam done? Is he making sure I'm, I'm healthy? Um, maybe he doesn't realize what he's touching. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know. I mean, I'm 11. I'm not, I'm not yeah. even developed. Okay. Um mm-hmm. So that was the moment that ultimately I knew um, I I was broken. That, I mean, looking back, that is the moment of my life that I have needed the the most healing from. Mm -hmm. So moving on, the next morning I told my mom what happened and um, she believed me. She lost all color in her face and... It's so interesting, just, you know, thing to add was that your mom, you know, mother's intuition, you know, she, she didn't have you know, this, <laughs> this good feeling, right. um, you know, and then to the power of belief in itself. Yes. You know, just the fact that she believed you is, um, is special. Right. It was yeah. unbelievable, but you know, I grew up, my, my grandmother was a prayer warrior and I believe her prayers are what honestly carried me and um when I told mom and she believed me she you know she was trying to process what is our next move like what do we do yeah and she called my grandma that afternoon and she said hey you know this is this is what Ashley just told me and I don't know what to do and my grandma said I was in a closet last night specifically calling Ashley's name in prayer. And she said, and I physically fought a spirit that left me weak. Oh my God. And God spoke to me and said, you're fixing to face something that feels like it's going to kill you. But with me, you'll make it. I have chills right now. It was unbelievable. So my mom, I'm 11. I don't know what yeah. this means. I'm like, look, this is what happened. And I'm telling you, like, yeah. well, do what, what, do with it what you, what you want. Yeah. And um, so from that moment on, she, um, she contacted our pastor. And uh, my pastor was actually my stepdad's father. And his advice was, to sweep it under the rug. You know, kids say things all the time. Um, You know, let's just let this go. Let's not, you know, let's not make a bigger deal out of this than, than what we need to. And I was told to keep my mouth shut. So that's what I did. I, I knew I had told the person I was supposed to tell and that was it. Hmm. I dealt with issues from that moment on of, um, going to church and watching this man, you know, worship, lay hands on people. And that was hard for me. So you still had, you still had to interact with this. Yes. With this man, even after this happened. Yes. Wow. And it was, it was hard. Um, It was extremely hard. I can't even explain to you. And you were completely, completely disempowered. Yes. Yeah. And also going back somewhat the night that it happened, I, my stepsister was there with me and I told her, you know, what was going on. And she told me in her words, he's done this to me before I'll go, I'll go lay beside him and basically take it for us. And I said, no, I don't want you to do that. I'll take care of it. And it was like, we were trying to protect one another, you know? Yeah. 
And so whenever I told, they, of course, questioned her and she was scared. I mean, she was younger Mm -hmm. than me and she denied it Um, or she she admitted that she said that, but she said she was lying. She said, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. Well, she was just scared. I mean, of course she was scared. I was scared. We were, we were all scared. So it, it became a thing where we felt like um, maybe they want to just blow it off. And honestly, I didn't care. I didn't want the drama. Um, I was never going to spend the night at these people's house again. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, what, do, do with the information what you want, basically. Yeah. So... As time went on, it became just about unbearable for me to live there. Um, we and, end- like, had you, after this happened, had you, did you go to ca- uh, counseling or, like? No, not for no, this okay. time. Um, okay. I was just there, basically, just dealing with it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom believed me. My stepdad believed me. And my sister believed me. I did not tell my dad. Um, we were honestly worried that my dad would kill someone if he knew. So I was instructed not to tell him and I followed the rules. Um, and I didn't say it again. I told what happened and I left it at that, but internally it was killing me. I was, I had went from singing in church. Um, I had went from getting, being super involved in the kids ministry and just being a part of everything to becoming the outcast of the church because I had made accusations about the pastor's son-in-law and that was not okay. Um, so as, as time went on, I talked to my mom and we discussed me moving And without hesitation, my grandmother came and got me. We packed up my bags and I went and lived in Louisiana with her. And um, my mom was torn between making her marriage work and, um, you know, being with her kids. You know, this is her second marriage. She wants it to work. But she also knows that emotionally I can't handle this. So Mm -hmm. she would stay with him in Texas for two weeks and then she would come and stay with me for two weeks. And anybody knows that a girl at that age needs their mom, Um, especially being in the state of mind I was in. Um, I needed my mom, but I understood that what she was trying to do, my dad did not understand because he didn't know what happened. He's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, why the heck is she going to live with her grandma when I live in Texas? You know, you live in Texas. What's the deal here? Yeah. So I'm living with my grandma and I'm going to school. I'm failing classes um, because I can't think. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm so not focused. Um, Shockingly enough, I got in like three fights, like Went to basketball games, legit got in fights, pulling hair, (laughs) slapping, like, I don't even know who that person was. Well, like internally, you know, you've got this, this war going on inside of you and nobody's really talking about it. And nobody's really at that moment doing anything about it. You know, yeah. and I'm not in counseling. My grandma's making me pray every night. But at that <laughs> moment, I feel like that's punishment yeah. because, you know, what has been done to me is done by church people. And I want nothing to do with this, you know, right. like, honestly, I it's hard for me to say it now. But just so people understand, I was mad at God. Like, yeah. you know, my mom's finally found this now. If If her and my stepdad divorce, like, that's my fault. Like, you know, this is going to be her second failed marriage and that's on me. So there were so many emotions that I was dealing with. And so I got suspended from school like three or four times and for fighting. And then in, I think I was in the seventh grade, I was in the bathroom and I was struggling with an eating disorder. I was struggling Mm -hmm. with um, bulimia. And my school counselor suspected it, but she come into the bathroom 
and heard me um, throwing up after lunch one day. And that's when, you know, it all came to a head and they contacted my grandma, they contacted my mom and it was like, something's got to be done. You know, Ashley, she needs help. So at this point I was probably weighing about 98 pounds. And for me, I'm a curvy girl and (laughs) that was really, really tiny. Um, So that's when we started going to counseling. I started getting help and I did start to recover. So um, I do believe that was a part of healing for me, but yeah, people that don't understand eating disorders, um, they are real, first of all, and they are something that you, you do because emotionally you have pain, but you don't know how to get that mm-hmm. pain out. And so anything physical you can do to hurt or, or suffer in some way in this weird twisted way feels good. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, you know, what's going on in Louisiana and my grandma's calling my mom, Ashley needs you. I can't raise these girls by myself. Um, Ash needs her mom. So my mom makes the hard decision and she packs up and she comes to Louisiana And her and my stepdad, shockingly enough, did not divorce that quickly. They still tried to make it work for a while. But she's, you know, living in Louisiana with me. And I'm finally starting to do somewhat better. And we get a phone call. And that phone call is, hey, Lisa, which is my mom. You know, hey, Lisa, there are um, two girls your two Ashley's two stepsisters, which I'm going to protect their names and not say them, but um, my two stepsisters and another girl in the church has come forward and said that the same man that molested Ashley has molested these other girls and they've come forward with their story. So now it's not just me that's told the story. Now there's three other girls talking and there's one mad mama in Texas who is fixing to start a case. She's mad. We're going to court. And ultimately they say, we need Ashley's story. We need Ashley's testimony. So mom comes to me and is like, Hey, Ashley, we're going to go to court and we need you to testify. And I'm like, Oh no, you don't because I told my story and nobody wanted to talk about it then. So I'm not talking about it now. Like I'm finally starting to do better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm mad. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. bring up all this stuff. Like again. we're not doing this. Like, no, we're moving forward. Well, she didn't really give me a choice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Like my 13 year old, 14 year old self didn't get a say, but to go with the flow. Yeah. Um, So that was the beginning of a case that lasted for almost five years. And gosh, I can't even imagine that. Those five years, I can honestly say, were worse than the actual act of being abused. So you were 11 when the the case was started? I was 11 when the abuse happened. And I was 14, I believe, when the case started. Wow. Yeah. So something that I had to keep quiet about for three years, all of a sudden I have to talk about at 14. Um, So then in the process of all of this, we needed a really good church to go to. We needed help. And my mom has always been really close to um, the pastor that I sit under now in Mississippi. And she had been a part of Woodlawn Church previously. And um, she sought counsel, sought guidance, and felt like that would be a good church for me to be a part of when we face this mountain. Mm -hmm. So we packed up our bags and we moved to Mississippi. Um, and it was a good fresh start for me. No one knew me. No one knew um, my story. And I didn't feel like I had that way. I felt like I was getting a clean slate 
Yeah. And I can honestly say I would not have been able to make it through all of that without the support that I had from my church. Um, They stood with me. The pastor that I have now, I'll never forget when I went and told him what happened. You know, he didn't even hesitate. It was like, I believe you. Yeah. And that's all he had to say that I was like, really? You do? Like, (laughs) oh, okay. That's it? It's that simple? It's that easy? What? Yeah. Um, But yeah, there were depositions that, you know, went on for 10 and 11 hours at a time. There were lawyers that would um, try to convince me that I was not telling the truth. And in that moment, you're like, hold on, what? Like, this did really happen. Like, you're confusing me. Like, you, yeah. you get so wrapped up in it, and it, it's, it blows your mind. Um, but, you know, that was another part of the journey, and I had support. I had people that were there for me. Um, this church was willing to allow me to sing. They were allowing me to be involved. And that is what kept me going. Um, it was hard. There was nothing at all easy about it. It was, it, it like, I, I, I feel like it almost killed me. Yeah. But, but God helped me. And then the people that he placed in my life carried me. And I'm forever grateful for that, but our case ended in 2010. I graduated from high school in May of 2010, and our court case ended in June. And wow, it was like we made it, we did it. We have, you know, helped girls all over the world. We fought, we won. Yes, you know, it was it was a great feeling and time went on. All of us girls went our separate ways and um in 2012 August of 2012, I was driving down the road and sorry if I get emotional in this, but um I was driving down the road and I got a phone call from a friend from Texas and she said, um, Ash, I'm just calling to tell you I'm, I'm really sorry about the news. And I was like, what news? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And um, she was like, about your stepsister. I was like, what about my stepsister? She was like, both of them were in a car accident last night, and one of them didn't make it. I was like. There's no way, like, you're, you you don't know. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was, yeah. Somebody would have called me. I was on my way to church. Like, it's Sunday morning. Somebody would have told me. And I pulled over on the side of the road, and I just started screaming on the phone with my mom. And I was like, what happened? And she told me that they were in a car accident, and one of them was in, you know, critical condition, and the other one didn't make it. Wow. And in that moment, you know, I thought before I had questioned God, but at that time I was like, what was all of this for? Yeah. You know, why did we fight for five years, four years? Why did we endure all this pain? You know, if she wasn't even going to get to stay here on earth and see a brighter day, a better day, all she had was hell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not fair. You know, that's not fair, but you know, I I couldn't understand. And I ended up getting to the church and I walked into my pastor's office and I literally collapsed like right there on the floor. And I was like, I just don't understand what, what this was for. Like, I don't understand what this purpose was. I don't understand why we fought so hard for something to end up losing. Like, who cares about, you know, what the court documents say and whatever. Like, if we lost her, if we don't have her, like, she fought for me. 
You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go to court. I didn't want to do this. But at the end of the day, she fought for me and she did believe me. And now she's not even here. Like, I'm mad. Like, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Um, so, you know, it was another moment that in 2010, when I felt like healing was about to begin, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. (laughs) And then that happened. Um, and it was definitely, it was a, a slap in the face, but God was with me for sure. And, um, October comes and I had no idea, but I met my future husband (laughs) and, um, I don't know why he liked me because, (laughs) (laughs) because of all this, like it was insane. You know, I felt like I was such a hot mess and from our first date, you know, we go out and I told him, I was like, this is it. Everything that I just sat here and told you, I told him because I did not feel like he would be interested. His parents had been married, you know, they're married for 30 years. And, you know, the home that he came home from the hospital, like he still lived there. Like who lives in the same house for that long? We've moved like 28 (laughs) times. What? Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then he tells me he believes me and I'm like, okay, so you're hot. You're a musician. You believe me. I'm going to marry you. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And yeah, in three months, we got engaged. In six months, we were married. And um, I felt like that was healing. I'm healed. I've got a husband. Everything's perfect. Um, Then I moved to Lake Charles to to where he lives. And I I entered in a whole other season of how to love, how to be loved, um, how to not jump every time he touches me. Like, um, you know, there was so much, there was so much learning that I had to, to do in that marriage, but he was so patient and he was so kind and he still is, but he really helped carry me, um, through the last, you know, six years of this healing process. And, um, I've given a lot in this podcast. I've given a a lot of this story. Um, But I know you can't believe this, but there's so much more. Oh, I believe Um, it. (laughs) There's so much more that that goes into this that I just don't have time to um, go into. That's why you're, you know. Yes. Do another thing. Exactly. We'll touch on <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. So that's the bulk of what what um, I had to heal from. That is the the pain. That's the raw. That's the 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 ugly. The ugly. But there is hope. Um, I, yeah, to get to that moment of running on the treadmill and yes. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, you know, this is the, um, this is what you should take with you. Everybody should exercise. <laughs> yeah. Like find you a playlist and run your heart out. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not a runner. So that just doesn't even sound remotely. It sounds like, um, torture, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not on, um, but I guess I have a question because, you know, through, you know, people always ask the question of like, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, there's so many people I find who go through things like, you know, you've just explained and they end up walking away mm-hmm. from God. You know, they, they don't, they can't, you know, find understanding or um, they just can't move past the fact that, well, like if God is good, then why would all of these things happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know, so like how, cause it, you know, it seems like every single time that you were, that you were angry, it's like you still, you know, pressed through with God. Yeah. You know, not, not to say that you didn't have your, you know, intense moments of doubt, but like some way, somehow you always um, believed that he was good. Absolutely. And so like, yeah. So if you just like elaborate, you know, you don't have to, you know, talk for 44 more minutes, but no, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but just how did you, you know, believe that he was good in those, those times? Well, 
my grandmother, honestly, I mean, she really didn't give me a choice, but to believe (laughs) that he was good. Um, But since the time I was a little bitty girl, um, there was just a love for God that was in me. I mean, it's not because I was supposed to. It was not because, you know, we were made to go to church. It wasn't anything except I've always just felt drawn to his presence. I've always felt drawn to prayer. I've always felt drawn to reading his words. I can honestly say that, like, as cliche as it sounds, like, I just always loved God. Like, and I just, I mean, I just really loved him. Like, not just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. You're so good and faithful. Amen. Like, to my bones, Like, I love him. Like, I love that man, you know? Like, as much as I love Caleb Crumb, like, I love God that much more. And Mm -hmm. even in all of the the moments in my life and these dark moments and these painful moments, like, I get so emotional, but he was always so close to me. And there were so many times that, I didn't know who to talk to and I didn't know where to to go or um, how to deal with what I was dealing with. But my grandmother had taught me to pray, um, to talk to him like he's there. And I would go lock myself in a room and I would just say, hold me, hold me. (laughs) Um, And people don't, don't grasp that. But until you've ever felt Um, his true presence and until you've ever felt his arms truly embrace you in a moment where you feel like you have nothing where you feel like there is no one on your side when you experience that closeness with him there is nothing absolutely nothing that can tear you away from from that and nothing that can make you doubt um, who he is or what he's capable of and I guess um just because I had, I knew what his presence felt like and I knew who he was to me. Um, it was always something I always wanted to go back to. And I, I would never, never even consider in the darkest of moments walking away from him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we've, uh, you know, one day I'll, I'll share my own story, you know, but I, uh, I've been going to counseling and something my therapist told me, um, just about, you know, cause there's the correlation of, you know, Jesus being a shepherd. And, um, and she was explaining to me that it's in the times that were broken, that were closest to the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was explaining how, you know, you have this, this flock of sheep and one of them, you know, goes astray. And so, you know, the shepherd leaves the sheep and he goes and finds this lost sheep and he brings it back. You know, and then the the sheep keeps going out, yeah, you know, leaving the flock, and so he continuously goes and pursues the sheep. Well, eventually, what he has to do is he has to break the sheep's legs, and to to prevent the sheep from running off again. And during that time or that season of being broken, he has to carry the sheep on his back because mm-hmm. the sheep can't walk. He has to feed it by hand. He has to give it water by hand. All of these things, and it's that in that season that the sheep, like the shepherd is literally carrying the sheep and its whole survival um, is contingent on the shepherd taking care of it. Yeah. And I think that just paints a beautiful picture of the, the tenderness of God. Absolutely. And and the care that he places uh, or the value that he places on his sheep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, not to say that we're not going to go through those those horrible things that no one should ever have to go through, but it's like his promise is always that he's going to walk with us through it. Right. And that he'll hold us close and he'll be there whenever, you know, people don't believe us, when people hate us, like no matter what, like he's always um, going to be there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, um, for sharing your story. I, I hope that if there's someone out there who has been through these things, that they know that they're not alone, that they know that there are people who believe them, that we believe them, 
Um, and just that there is hope after those things happen. There's always hope. There's always um, a reason to, you know, live another day and to keep pressing forward. Right. And I believe that, you know, your own healing is a testament to that. Amen. Because I, I'm, I'm sure there were times where, it, you know, it felt like you were going to die. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah, and you didn't. Like, you're here mm. on the other side. Yeah. And I know that you probably, you know, weren't ever sure that you were going to be in this place. Mm-hmm. All for it. I believe healing is just going to pour out over so many people because of it. Um, and so do you want to share how they can support you um, during this time of you getting this book off the ground? Yes, I would love to. Okay. Um, you can go and follow me, which I hope you will, or go friend me on Facebook or Instagram. On Instagram, I am the little crumb. And on Facebook, it's Ashley Lauren Crumb. Um, first of all, go friend me, go follow me, and you can keep up with all of the updates there. Um, but somewhere on one of my most recent posts, um, comment your email address, send me a direct message with your email address, um, post it on my wall. I don't care how you get it to me. Um, you can go to my Instagram page and you can see my email there if you want to just send me an email um, that says, hey, I support you. Um, however you want to do it, I'm trying to get a list of emails and I need a thousand people interested in this book. Um, so I need your email address and I'll keep you updated on um, what's coming, where I'm at with the book, when it's coming out. Um, I'm also scheduling speaking events to go and speak at different places. So you'll be on that email list to if you're in the area that I'm going to, you could come hear me speak. Um, whatever that looks like for you. I just need your email. I want to connect with you. I want to connect with girls that are hurting and people that are looking for ways to be healed. And um, I want to share this story with you and give you, give you hope. So yeah, just send me your email. Yeah. And I'll post um, all that information in the show notes so that everybody knows like the correct spelling. And um, I'll include your email in that as well yeah. so that everybody will have easy access to that. Perfect. Um, yeah. So we'll just wrap this up. I just want to thank everybody for listening. If you made it this far um, and stay tuned for episode two, that's going to be coming out soon. And um, if you guys want us to pray for you, you know, reach out to Ashley, reach out to me. We yes. are always here to listen. Um and if you want to share your story, also reach out and let me know. I would love to have you on the podcast. And that is all we have for you guys today. So thank you. Awesome. And God bless. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Thank bye. you. Bye.